but yeah, it took like trial and error. It took like 20 years for me to find something that I, that I liked, was passionate about. Um, and, and finally when I found it, I mean, you're able to integrate your passion in, into your life, uh, which is, which is good for you, not only physically, but kind of like I hinted on at the beginning of the podcast, mentally, you're, you kind of need, you find yourself kind of needing that, uh, release um this is a life in motion audio experience a podcast about travel action sports culture and more what's up and welcome to episode 58 of life in motion today i have sean hayden with me who is an avid cyclist and is a race director for the kuat road cycling team he's also very passionate about the health and well-being of the youth here in springfield and is the co-founder of mo switch which is a nonprofit that focuses on just that. I'm excited to learn more about how cycling has changed his life and how he's using those experiences to help others. But Sean, thanks for being on the show today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate uh, you taking the time and inviting me to be on. This is this is my first podcast experience, so I'm afraid of what I'll sound like, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, that's going to be great. I'm honored that, that you're, you're uh, a first on here, so that's yeah. perfect. So to set the kind of the stage of um, of who you are before we get into the cycling and and the nonprofit stuff and everything, let's let's take a step back and talk about kind of who you are from the beginning. So where you grew up, hobbies you had growing up, sort of what what kind of led to where you're at today. So I I grew up in Springfield, uh, well just east of town. I went to Rogersville um, School District. Okay. My parents still live in the house that I grew up in. Uh, on, my dad does not want to live there anymore because he's tired of mowing the yard. But that's a whole that's a that's a whole nother podcast. Um, as a kid, I had zero athletic prowess, um, but I tried every sport in the world and uh, was not good at many of them. Uh, baseball, I got hit a lot by the ball. Uh, ironically, my <laughs> My best friend, still to this day, the first time we were playing like kid pitch, it was his first time bat pitching, and I was the first batter, and he just like beamed me right in the oh, head. Oh my goodness! And I just like looked at him like, what, what, what is going on? <laughs> we were friends. Yeah, we were like eight, and uh, at that point, I was like, I don't like baseball anymore. Uh, but yeah, I was I was not a super athletic kid. I would have rather played like golden eye uh all day every day which which i did um then like play sports but in college um i went to jury for undergrad and that was a time in my life where i i also did not exercise or do anything but then i got into grad school uh lived downtown uh, and just started riding a bike everywhere. And I got a job at Mama Jean's at the time, the health food store here in Springfield, and started riding a bike all the time um, and met some people there. And that was kind of the segue into me becoming a healthy person at the age of 22. <laughs> uh, not to say like I wasn't unhealthy. I was, I've always been like a skinny I was a skinny kid. I'm like still like a thin guy, but I was not healthy like by any sense of the word um, from the age of 18 to like 22. Uh, I'm assuming most 18 to 22 year olds <laughs> can like fall in that category also. 
Um, but it, you know, it was really, I mean, it was really a big change for me. Um, cause whenever I was in grad school, I started getting into that. And then after graduate school, I just kept, I just kept doing it and tried to, I mean, I rode my bike a ton and then cycling is something that's like really big in Springfield. Um, I don't think a ton of people like know about it though, that there's a bunch of like competitive people that do it. They just get angry that they see uh, cyclists on the road, uh, which that's a whole nother podcast also. <laughs> um, but it's like, it's a very, I mean, it's a very active community that has a bunch of different, I mean, subgroups in it. Um, but it's, I mean, it's a very inclusive community, I would say too. And people, people who taught me like how to ride a bike fast are people who have been like doing it 15 years before me. And then there's a bunch of young people who are getting into it too, uh, which is really cool. Uh, unfortunately, I've not been as active in the cycling community for the past like two years. Um, I'm finishing a doctorate degree, and so um, that time, 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 time is time is very limited. I was actually doing like statistics right before I got here, so I'm glad like this was on my calendar, so I didn't have to sit and do statistics <laughs> more than I was. Uh, but even still, like I I helped uh, you know 2019. Um, was the last year that we had local races, um, and I still put those on, still went out there, uh, still friends. I mean, hang out with all the guys that I ride with. Um, it's just riding, riding picked up last year in my break of school. Riding actually last year, um, 2020, like was a lifesaver, uh, being stuck in home oh, at I'm home sure. due to COVID. Um, and there's some like funny stories from that that we can get into, but. But no, it's um, cycling was something that was super cool and has been a part of my life for now a greater part of a decade. I mean, prior to that, um, I was my family was always really active. My brother played college football, my sister played competitive basketball, uh, up until like her sophomore year of high school, and then just got burnt out. Um, and so now she like never wants to play basketball again, which I completely understand. Uh, I did not participate in athletics, but me and my dad were like super into like mountaineering and stuff like that. That's cool, yeah. And so, I mean, <clears throat> there's a lot of cool camping places in Arkansas that are really popular now. And I can remember going there in like middle school um, with my dad in early high school. And we would go out to Colorado and climb all the time. Um, but this one time out there, we both like almost got struck by lightning above the tree line That's like above terrifying. yeah above like 12,000 feet like we could like feel it and I was like I don't think I ever want to climb a mountain again <laughs> like like when lightning is close enough that you like feel it what, uh, what, what did you do in that we ran we ran like really fast and we found out that day that uh like two other people on a mountain like across a valley from us got struck and died and so we never like we didn't tell my mom for like a lot of years later. <laughs> but after yeah, but after that we were like we were like mm, we might need to find like a new hobby. And so then after that we spent um I mean almost every day at the summer throughout my high school years down at the lake uh Table right. Rock 
um, water skiing, wakeboarding, um, smashing into each other on sea dews and stuff like that, <laughs> almost getting hurt, um, making my parents sweat whenever we were breaking all of their all of their lake equipment. Um, but yeah, like there's tons of, you know, cycling has been something super important to me, but I've kind of got to experience a lot of the school stuff, a lot of the cool stuff that, you know, goes on in Southwest Missouri, but then, I mean, hiking and stuff in Colorado and Montana and <clears throat> Northern Arkansas and trying to kind of see see it all. My, I was really lucky that my parents tried to get us out as much as I wanted to stay inside as a kid. Like they pushed us outside and outside outside of our comfort zone. So it was it was fun. Um, it was really really fun. So now I get to I try to like incorporate a bunch of that stuff into you know, certain aspects of my work. I've worked in uh, population health for over like 10 years and we examine uh, not to get like in the nitty gritty or like like really nerdy stuff, but we examine like a bunch of comorbidities and chronic health conditions and people's lives can like change drastically just by making like a small little step of like getting outside and doing something. Um, and it's way easier, obviously said than done, but, uh, I, I feel lucky that I had the upbringing that kind of promoted those things, yeah. you know, kind of from the get go. That's awesome. Well, it, I mean, when you're talking about hiking everywhere else and everything else, sounds like you're a lot more active than you led to be in the beginning and then the water sports and everything like that. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I did spend like a <laughs> lot of time playing video games. Um, a, a lot of time, but, but between those sessions, I, I did go outside um, as, a, as the, the listeners can't see, but I, I am still very pale, but that's because I wear a lot of sunscreen. So, um, don't, don't let that fool anybody. <laughs> that's awesome. And, and growing up in Rogersville, my wife and I just moved out to Rogersville oh, uh, yeah. last June. We have five acres and plenty of land around us. So, and like I said, we have two young boys as well. Yeah. So we're kind of looking forward to that. That was kind of the whole purpose of moving out that way. You're so close enough to everything. It's a cool, it was a really cool area to, to grow up in and it's, uh, it is blown up bigger than I ever could imagine. My mom taught at the, the high school and retired there three years ago. Um, my graduating class was actually the first class in the new high school if oh, your okay. kids go to school there. So I can remember um, literally like me and my friends were joking about this the other day because I have a group of five friends that we all still keep in touch and talk like every Monday. Um, we can We were joking. We actually remember like carrying computers and like boxes <laughs> from the old high school to the new high school. I'm and sure we, those things weighed a ton. Too. Yeah, well, we were like, I don't even think like they can do that, but but we did. So I hope none of those teachers are like listening. Or, but uh, yeah, it was it was a really cool area to grow up in. I am uh, my I'm the only, I'm one of three, um, and my brother moved away like as fast as he could. He lives in North Carolina now, and my sister's okay. finishing up college, and she's actually going to move to North Carolina. Um, when she's done with school. Uh, but there's a lot of, I mean, I like Southwest Missouri. My wife and I decided to live here. There was ample opportunity for us to go elsewhere, but it's just like a, it's a super cool place to live. Yeah. And it, and it, and, and it gives you more opportunities because a cost of living, a home job, yeah. factoring it. So I, I was actually originally from Virginia. My wife brought me out here. She's from here, but like, that was the thing. Like we had so many opportunities to see places outside of Springfield because yeah. we lived in Springfield. Yeah, for sure. We, 
my my wife's an audiologist and so whenever she was doing her residency she lived up in st louis and i was working so i still stayed down here and i mean we were looking at nashville we were looking at atlanta we were looking at st louis and all these different things kind of when it was time to buy a house and figure it all out and uh we live on the south uh southeast side of town too and it's it's super convenient and compared to living oh, anywhere yeah. else like it's pretty crazy my best friend lives in boston and so i don't we don't even talk like my mortgage compared to his, <laughs> compared to his rent so yeah. because it's not even in the same like stratosphere so uh yeah i really i mean i really like it there's a lot of cool stuff um springfield's not like a little a little city anymore like i think it's i would think it's fairly big yeah. uh but there's still like a lot of opportunity and the more you go east of town south of town like especially when we ride like going east is going east and then south towards ozark nixa is kind of an ideal route and there's some traffic i would say but it's not as much compared to like if you were in st louis yeah and you had to exit the city to go to Creve core go out west it's not really even comparable um yeah. but it's 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 a interesting it's a it's a fun place and so i think uh you mentioned you have two kids my first child is on the way in july uh that's a whole nother conversation <laughs> but, um but but i'm i mean i i'm excited for for her to grow up here and um obviously it's a little different than when i grew up but it's still a really good community and there's a lot going on so oh definitely it's growing growing every day so so to backtrack just a little bit so it sounds like um your your job at mama jeans kind of got you and everything so shout out to mama jeans yeah shout out to mama jeans they <laughs> uh they employed me and kept me employed even though i i consider myself one of the worst employees that they had <laughs> they, it's good to be honest with yeah yourself, they so. recently they recently <laughs> they recently had a, an anniversary um i don't know what it was for but diana and Susie, the owners i sent them a message uh to Ke- i sent a message to kelly Susie's daughter who's a manager there um congratulating them for for their achievement um i think it was maybe 15 years in operation uh, but they they were moving locations and they were doing um, doing kind of kind of like a thank you video uh, for everyone that worked at the original Campbell store after they closed those doors and moved locations. And I fully admitted that I was a terrible employee, uh, shouldn't should not have stayed there as long as I did. But that was a time when I had just finished graduate school and was like. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm very confused. I'm going to work here until my wife forces me to apply for, uh, (laughs) well, she was in my fiance then, a real job. Um, But yeah, that was a, that store and that experience working there um, provided me with a lot of information, just kind of like basic information that people don't know um, on eating healthy, kind of eating clean and, during that time and even years after um we found out my wife has lymphocytic colitis it's uh it's similar to ulcerative colitis but not really um it's inflammation 
it's inflammation of uh, of cells within her uh, within her colon, not not as much inflammation as lymph as uh, ulcerative colitis. And uh, I learned a ton about food allergies, like reading food labels, which is really elementary skill that as adults like you never you never think you're gonna need but you you really do and so um luckily whenever i was working there i learned of like all dairy-free options all gluten-free options because my wife's allergic to dairy and gluten um and a handful of weird other things but i mean like without that resource i don't know what i would do we would just eat like chipotle every day so, like, shout out to Chipotle if you want to sponsor this podcast. <laughs> um, <clears throat> um, I'll take it. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, but no, it was it was a great it was a great place to work, and um, they're actually a great local business that <clears throat> uh, pays their employees, uh, you know what what they're worth. Uh, they they really take care of their employees, and um, they value them. Uh, in comparison to, I mean, even larger local companies. And so they were a great, a great place to work. And they taught me, um, they taught me a lot of, of really useful skills outside of like the stuff I was doing, um, more so in regards to how they managed their business and how they valued their employees, uh, which I've tried to take with me onto like the other jobs that I've had. Um, which was a skill that I kind of just like absorbed through osmosis by, by being there. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't think about it. So I, whenever I tell people like, if you need to go to a good local business, I mean, go to mama jeans and definitely support them. So they live like they're one of their businesses is right by my house. And I feel like I'm in there way too much, <laughs> uh, which is why my wife doesn't let me go grocery shopping by myself very regularly. Um, but yeah, that, that kind of coupled with grad school, coupled with kind of like trying to figure out what I was doing and kind of propelled me into, you know, into trying to live healthier. Um, I I was riding my bike a lot. I would like to ride my bike more now, but um, it was a really like, it's just like a really nice thing to do when you have a lot on your mind and clear it out kind of clear it out and what I do now is I kind of if I have a stressful day or something or if I'm thinking about something like I kind of I'm a very obsessive compulsive individual uh the people listening to this cannot see how I talk with my hands a lot and I'm actually not looking at you because I'm so like focused on my thoughts I just like randomly (laughs) stare at stuff so I apologize for that um but it allows me to kind of like, I would say almost like healthily, 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 if that's a word, obsess about something and just kind of like mull it over yeah, and kind yeah. of clear, clear my head while being physically active. Because I found that with, my wife calls them my tendencies. Um, if I don't go out and expel energy, then I will like definitely delve into like unhealthy habits. Yeah. Um, so it's a good kind of a good kind of ways to problem solve while like re- releasing stress and anxiety and being healthy. Um, and so there's like a lot. I mean, I, I know uh, 
I like there's like the competitive aspect of it. There's like the health aspect of it. But I think like with me, like, like the the mental, the, the yeah. mental health aspect of it, like is very, very important. Um, because, yeah, that's something that we all kind of need to deal with. And in 2020, I mean, the physical health aspect of it was great because, I mean, we all kind of like went into a vegetative state, I think, in lockdown. Um, I certainly did in like transitioning from going to the office and like being around people and like kind of having a routine to um, I work for Cox Health in town. And so my job then transitioned to working from home, uh, which was which I thought was like cool for a little bit. But then I was like, oh, man, when I'm bored, I'm like eating like a whole bag of, you know, like veggie straws which like you would think were healthy hey, at least they're straws. yeah but when you eat like the whole bag uh that is not the recommended amount um and so uh and i got i i got put uh, into working at home pretty quick because i went from uh i was at a conference in dc the last week of february before kind of everything oh. locked down and then i went up and visited my cousin brother and best friend up in boston right as things were getting crazy and then whenever i flew back uh it was like yeah you've been on a plane you are not coming into work oh yeah uh you're stuck at home and so uh i don't know if anyone from work is listening to this but i did sneak in to my office one (laughs) night last year and took my office chair so that is at my house um but uh but yeah it was a real lifesaver in helping establish a routine, being like physically healthy. But then, I mean, no one knew what was happening. And so um, I got a little weird, my wife says. Uh, And that was like, knowing that at like four o'clock, you know, I work from eight to four, knowing at four o'clock, I'm going to go out and ride my bike. Like that was kind of that regularity and yeah, that regularity and knowing that I could, I mean, like, I'll walk my dogs throughout the day and stuff, but that's not the same. Knowing that I have that release at that time uh, was nice because, I mean, none of us knew what was happening. Yeah. And you had to you had to formulate a routine however it was. And even though we were social distancing and stuff, I still had some guys that I would ride with um, that I knew that I knew were safe. Yeah. Or I mean, as safe as we could be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was cool. And that was fun. That allowed for, you know, social, I mean, that kind of checked off a lot of boxes while we were all living through the unknown, Yeah. Uh, which, which was, which was cool and was a lifesaver and until I got hit by a car. <laughs> and that was during that? Yeah. That yeah. I got hit by a car in August, um, August 18th. Um, side note for all your listeners, do not get hit by a car and have your bike destroyed during a global pandemic when there is also a global bike shortage, Oh yeah. uh, because then you will be a little, bike. a little bit out of luck. <laughs> um, uh, luckily I wasn't hurt super bad, but my bike was destroyed and luckily A and B had a bike that was my size. It was a gravel bike, which I wanted a gravel bike, but I didn't want to get a gravel bike because I got hit by a car. Yeah, that um, makes sense. <laughs> however, I did get a gravel bike and a new road bike um, from getting hit by the car. But still, not the way you want to uh, obtain them. <laughs> but it was a it was a stressful it was a stressful time in 
getting a bike, getting like some of the stuff I want that I'm used to having, um, and kind of being laid up for a couple of days. Cause luckily I wasn't like hurt too bad. Um, cause I, I slowed down as much as I could before the car turned into me. Um, yeah. yeah, it was, it was, it was not, I wasn't super terrified. I was more angry. And so I said some things that I will not repeat on the podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a major, it was a ma- major bummer um, in, in everything. My wife was like way more scared and mad than I was. Um, probably also to the listeners, uh, if you do get hit by a car and your wife has called you, um, because she's on her way home from work with your nephew and they wonder where you are. Don't respond with got hit by car call in a second. Um, that is not, that's not, not the best thing to say. Um, I luckily I was okay. Uh, I slowed down a bunch. My, I got both my legs x-rayed and they are fine. Oh, that's good. That's uh, good. my hips are still a little crooked so i'm stretching them out a bunch still because it was a nissan armada like it was a big car oh yeah 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 um she was on her phone and luckily her insurance was cool i mean as cool as insurance can be and processed everything fairly quickly but uh but yeah that that sucked um i was going to go to probably the only race i was going to do last year but it's whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, there are, there are some, there are some inherent dangers when riding a bike outside, which is why like some people joke with me. I was talking to a friend the other day and she was like, I got a Peloton. So I don't like, (laughs) so I don't have to go outside and like be around all the danger. And I'm like, well, yeah, yeah. Like there, it, it is inherently dangerous. Like you are, uh, people joke like you are on, you know, 25 centimeter tires going 30 miles an hour in like stupid underwear with a styrofoam hat on. Like that's, that's what you're doing. But I mean, I will say I got, it would be completely different. And I know people who have got hit, hit by cars from behind, like not, not even knowing, yeah. yeah, not knowing anything. And then like realizing, Oh, I'm on the hood of this person's car. And, you know, my butt cheeks are bleeding and I hope my back's okay. I, my situation was, I saw the person turning Why? Well, I, I was going straight. I was going, no one can see, but I'm obviously talking with my hands, <laughs> but I was on a road going straight. <clears throat> Traffic was coming towards me. I was out towards Ozark and I kind of, you kind of just like know, like, I wonder what that person's doing. I I wonder, I wonder if they see me. And this individual, I was passing a gas station, and they decided abruptly to turn into the gas station as we both were at the intersection. And luckily, I drastically slowed down as fast as I could as I... Uh, well, when my Garmin, it said like I went to from like 28 to zero yeah. <laughs> um, as I impaled the driver's side quarter panel of her front bumper. Um, but if I would not have slowed down, I mean, like she would have she would have smoked me. Um, and so like you kind of get that like I wouldn't say like spider sense, but almost like. 
I hope if that person's turning, they turn on their turn indicator and like see me. Yeah. Um, but that's hard to do when when you are on your phone. Um, and I will say this like this is super antidotal, but it's um, riding riding a bike or probably even riding a motorcycle, which that's my next purchase if my wife will let me get one. <laughs> um, makes you a better driver. Cause you're, yeah, you're more aware because you you're, you're on the other side of it. Yeah, you're more aware. You you kind of you you see roads differently. Like you mm-hmm. you notice potholes that like people might not even see. You notice. I mean, you understand. You understand when you pass someone. Like, and even if there is like a six feet law, like when a car is going like forty five past you, like six feet is not uh, no. is not is not that much and. Um, inherently drivers like don't pay attention to what they're doing. Uh, I started noticing it more and more. I mean, obviously as you get older, you would hope that you're becoming more responsible, but I started noticing it more and more as, as I rode bikes more and engage with traffic in a different medium that people do not pay attention or they just don't care. Either one is not good. (laughs) Either, either, either one is not good, but, um, and, and Missouri driver, I mean, drive, people say drivers everywhere are super bad, but Missouri drivers are pretty bad. Um, uh, because like people, people drive on kind of, you know, these farm roads and stuff like that, like they're the highway still. Which they are not the highway. I would like to t- tell everyone, no. like, they are not the highway. You do not need to be going, like, 60 on, like, every road. And I say that as someone who has, like, a fast car and who loves to drive fast. But I still, like, when I'm in my neighborhood, I'm not going 45. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, it, it's a point, you know, the back roads and stuff like that. Like, the, the place in front of my house in Rogersville, um, it's Farm Road 241. And there's mm-hmm. always cyclists going, always to kind of wind through the train tracks and all that stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, same thing. Like, you get to those areas, it's, like, super... It's super cool if you know if you're cycling or whatnot because it's nice leisurely kind of in the country. Or if you got like a car and you want to like rip it and you and think you're on a road like that no yeah. one's around and, then, and whoa, the, yeah out of yeah nowhere so and that's and that's what's scary especially kind of on these roads out there and I mean we're kind of in that time of year where the fair weather cyclist comes out when it's yeah, spring and yeah. stuff like that. Um, I say that I've become a fair weather cyclist whenever <laughs> after I bought like a smart trainer and can like ride inside with it synced to my computer, like virtually, like I'm like, oh, it's like cold. I'm not going outside. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's really scary. I mean, for both, for both the, the person on cycling and then the person on the road, when you come over a hill and uh, come over a hill or come over something and like there's a swath of people there. And I understand the anger because me and my friends that I ride with try really try really hard. I say we don't do it all the time, but I mean, because sometimes you get caught up talking to someone and you become a little too uh, relaxed. But some people don't follow the rules of the road when it comes to cycling. When it's like too abreast, you know, stay as close to the white line as you possibly can. Um, how when when you're out with like a large group yeah um and that's for your safety and for the safety of the drivers um however uh when i'm by myself and i'm heading home on a ride and um i live over by the nature center 
Okay. Those of you who don't know or live in Springfield or not from around here, I'm sorry, you don't know where that is. But uh, I'll explain kind of how I have to get home. I I ride over for you. I ride over Springfield Lake on okay. the bridge, and I'm going towards I'm going towards Springfield, and I'm <clears throat> I'm on this road that goes by like the Springfield Lake Park and all this stuff. I cannot remember the name of it right now for the life of me. Uh, but there's two switchbacks and. If you're in a car, it doesn't seem like it's very hard. Yeah. But it is like five and a half percent uphill from the end of the bridge on Springfield Lake to the road that I have to turn on and on. It's two lane road, um, switchbacks, and normally, if it's we're recording this at five, it's five fifteen right now. So if I leave my house at four and I want to ride for like an hour and a half, I'm normally on this road at like 5.30, 5.35. And I understand that it is, t- like people want to go home. <laughs> but I have gotten to where, because I would like to ride before my wife gets home, I'm listeners, uh, so I don't get in trouble. Um, <laughs> but I have found myself riding closer and closer to the middle lane, to the middle center of the lane that I am in because cars are A, buzzing me, and like for example, yesterday I had two cars literally get in the complete other lane on a blind turn to pass me, and they had to slam on their brakes and come back behind me because of oncoming traffic. And by the rule of the law, like I can take up as much road as I want for my safety because I am considered a vehicle. Uh, not many people know that. I know that because I served on the board of. Uh, the Missouri Bicycle and Pedestrian Federation for a short amount of time. Uh, I I love the group and I love the advocacy work that they do, but I was not going to drive up to Jeff City all the time for meetings. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, and they advocate, and they do a good job, along with the Missourians for Responsible Transportation, uh, which is a group that I work more closely with now. But, like, people, people don't realize, like, and my big fear is that someone's going to, you know, get in a head-on collision or merge over and take me out. So my wife kind of knows, like, if I don't come home, like, let's go to that. Let's go to that blind, <laughs> that blind corner. Um, but people get frustrated. But I'm doing it for my safety and also for their safety. Because it's like, hey, lady, it's going to take me like a minute to get over this little riser, you know, as I'm my my heart rate my heart rate is like through the roof and i know i'm pedaling super hard because i don't want to die like um (laughs) please realize i am doing like a huge amount of work right here so that you are not inconvenienced uh but yeah it's um it it can be you know it it can definitely be dicey with drivers and stuff like that so i i understand like people's frustrations but i Riding kind of like to get back to what we were talking about, riding out by your house and stuff is super cool, but that's still, There's that you got to be, yeah. yeah, you got to be safe. Uh, drivers got to pay attention because there is inherent danger in it and uh, get prepared to get honked at and not have people like you and, and, and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's, it's still fun. I mean. There's a whole different there's a whole different side to of it aside from what people see kind of uh, from the group writing and stuff because because our team does we were like St. John Cycling 
uh, well, I, I was never on St. John's Cycling. I was on Ozark Cycling Club whenever they were St. John's Cycling, which Ozark Cycling Club has been around for like 40 years. Um, a bunch of the guys that work at AMB or have worked at AMB Cycles, um, they still ride under that uh, banner. And I rode with them for a year. And I still, I mean, we still ride, all, all of us uh, kind of homogeneously ride together. And But uh, I was on Mercy, Mercy Kuat, and then it was Kuat, and then it was Kuat again. And then we were Floyd Cycling, Floyd Investment Cycling. And then now we are going under the banner of Ozark's Premier Cycling um, with A&B, Trek, Kuat and Ozark Greenways as a sponsor. So our kits have went from like white, white to blue, to light blue, <laughs> to navy blue, to now they will be green for the first time ever. Oh. Um, to kind of show off, uh, you know, kind of, um, kind of to kind of go well with the Ozark Greenways yeah, yeah, uh, logo sense. and and all this stuff um, that they've done for the community. So. But yeah, the, our our group's been around for a while. We put on, we used to put on a race pre-COVID, obviously, um, called the Froze Frozen Waffle, every year uh, out around Fellows Lake. Okay. We do like an eleven mile loop out there, and then in the summertime, we still do. We didn't last year because of COVID, but we hope to bring it back this year. Called the the Summer Waffle Race. Okay. Because um, I guess before I existed. A winner got a waffle maker, and at, at like the frozen waffle race. And, just and I apologize, my wife is calling me on the podcast. Um, recording a podcast. Now, everybody, listen. We know not what to text our wife, though. Yeah, yeah. Do not text her that um, that you got hit by a car, and you can just just pick me up whatever food you want to pick me up. I don't care. Um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, so we still we still do that because a lot of the guys, uh, even before I was around, had been racing. Um, I mean, for 15 years prior prior to me even thinking about getting on a bike, and so whenever and I am not a good bike racer. Um, I'm going to preface <laughs> preface everything I say with that. Um, but I love going to the events. I like training for them even though i have no uh genetic ability in in like in in increasing my athletic performance uh anything i have ever done well athletically i have like bled out of my eyeballs for um and and have to work like a million times harder than everybody else um uh but, but yeah, we put on those races every year, and then most of most of us would travel a lot to races, uh, kind of between here, Arkansas, Oklahoma, and Kansas, um, pre-COVID. Some of the guys race Masters, which is like forty plus. Okay. And then it's kind of broken down by category uh, based on how good you are. I'm I'm like close to the middle. <laughs> I'm like an average. I'm like an average person. Uh, when it comes to athletic performance, which I'm totally cool with, I because say it like you're still having fun with it. I and... I always tell people, uh, which doesn't happen all the time, because um, there is a YouTube video of me crashing that you probably saw oh, on yeah, most yeah, yeah, which, yeah. Um, 
if you don't crash and you leave with everything that you have purchased to go to the event, i.e. like your expensive bicycle and like all the (laughs) cool doodads that you have on it, which may or may not be necessary, um, if you leave with all your skin and all the stuff you have, that in itself is a win. And I have not done that all the time. So I have I have lost like multiple times over on multiple occasions. Uh, there is a video of me crashing on YouTube uh, where where I go my front tire explodes and I go straight over the handlebars and then multiple people ride into me. Uh, that resulted in like six stitches on my face oh, on my man. side of my face. Uh, the year prior to that, I had a spectacular crash up in St. Louis. Uh, and then we had the state crit, which I went to and raced like all bandage up. And then like two weeks after that, we went back to St. Louis. And it was for, like a four-day race weekend called Gateway Cup. And I crashed on the first day there and like re-tore up everything that was like scabbed over. And so I, whenever I, I had a nasty scar on my elbow, so I, I decided to like tattoo over it, which of course is super smart. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's a, they're, they're a really fun experience and not a lot of people around here have like seen, um, like a, like a, when people think of bike races, they think of obviously like the, the, the tour and stuff like that, which is like a hundred mile stage. Like, yeah. like none of us like very few people in the world have the not only the athletic capability but also the genetic capability to be able to do that that's a lot of for like for like 21 days over with three rest days scattered in between and mind you like they are having like salad for dinner because they want to stay as skinny as possible um a lot of the races that we do are called like criterium races which are like maybe a mile to like a mile and a quarter circuit blocked off and you do it for time. Um, and so imagine like 50 dudes in on their fancy bikes and special underwear uh, going <laughs> like 28 miles an hour on a circuit with like multiple number of turns um, for like 45 minutes to an hour. And so we describe it kind of like, it's like Formula One. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But and like Formula One, when you crash, you are most likely going to be hurt. Um, but like St. Louis has a really big races. Tulsa Tough um, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, is probably one of the biggest crits like in the country, and it's six hours away, and it is crazy good time, and it brings in racers from all over the country, and most of the like I'm not racing the pro race like because I'm not good at all compared to them but even like whenever i'm done with my race whenever i watch you know the masters or the pros and stuff like that like it is just as much fun watching oh, them sure. um because they are i mean unbelievable athletic specimens and we got some guys here um you know that are high enough pro one category that jump in that race and you cheer for them and you watch i mean you watch the dudes that flew here from california colorado and it is it is super fun and you i mean you train super hard as much as you can during the week balancing your job but you go and you kind of know like 
I'm going to get my teeth kicked in, but I'm still going to have tons of fun. Oh, yeah, uh, sure. Watch, watch the guys race, drink beer, and then I'm going to try tomorrow, and I'm probably going to get my teeth kicked <laughs> in. But then after that, I'm going to watch it, and then Monday I'm, I'm going to go to work and be super tired, um, which is why it's a victory if you do not crash because I've had to do it before going into work on Monday, oh, and people are like, terrible. why are you limping? And I'm like, oh, I crashed in a bike race. And they're like, you're 30 years old. Why are you racing your bike and bleeding through your pants? I'm like, like, well, because... <laughs> Because secretly I'm 15, so like, what? I, I, yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't have a good, I don't have a good answer for this. Um, but no, it's super fun, and I mean, it's um, some of the some of the really cool races to watch are, I mean, the masters races, which are guys like, I mean, like 40, 40 to 60, because they've been doing it forever oh yeah they are incredibly fast because cycling is a sport i mean you can do forever um but i mean their bike handling skills their kind of uh unspoken respect that they have for one another i mean these dudes are flying <laughs> and and if you think like the pros and stuff ride cool stuff wait like look at the stuff the masters racers are racing because they some of these guys are retired, like just ride their bikes and like that's all they care about. And it is it's crazy to see it's crazy to see people and especially it's kind of exciting in a sport like this, um, to where like as you get older you you can get, I mean, like super, super fit. Like you just kind of continue yeah. to build upon everything. Um, because in some sports I mean like and you can compete at a master's level in anything. Uh, but you don't really see like masters like football players yeah, <laughs> or no, something I like mean, that. Yeah. Like you tore like, up by thirty. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> like, uh, but in, in endurance sports and something like that, running's a little different, I would say, because like it's so hard on your joints and everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it's, it's like it's and... man, it is impressive to see some of these guys who who are just crazy fit and so and so good at their sport because. Um, especially doing like crits and stuff, it takes um, bike handling skills that that I still haven't even mastered. Um, I mean, because it's scary going into to like a turn at like thirty miles an hour, and you have to trust not only your equipment but your balance. That like, and the way you take the line and everything that like the road too. Yeah, like that like that like yeah, like I'm thing. not gonna come out of there like missing some teeth. Um, but these guys who've been doing it forever um, and are like super healthy, super fit, have everything dialed, like it's it's really cool. <laughs> it's really cool to watch. And um, there's some there's definitely some races around here in uh, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Kansas. They have some St. Louis, and we're gonna try to in the next couple of years try to bring bring a crit race back to Springfield because. Cause it's a, it's, I mean, I will say, uh, being, I'm the race director for the team. So it's my job to like get everything permitted. And then I work with the team to try to get it all sorted out. It does take a lot of logistics, oh, I'm sure. a Especially lot of doing stuff in, in a town. <laughs> uh, yeah. And... Yeah. A lot of volunteers, a lot of, um, permit permits, like safety protocols, ambulance on call, stuff like that. We used to, um, a couple of years ago, we used to put on a race 
uh, out in Rogersville, actually, uh, in the Jamestown subdivision before okay, yeah. it, before it was all built up because yeah. it was kind of an abandoned subdivision. <laughs> uh, and that was perfect uh, because it was all closed off and everything, and there was nothing. And it was a flat. Uh, there was like a little like a little riser, but it was flat. But that uh, that subdivision was so bizarre because it was always windy out there. Like every time we raced, it was always windy, and that made it super difficult. But everyone, we kind of did it on Sundays. It was just a local thing. Everyone loved it. It was great training. You could ride out there. We would all kind of kind of meet kind of meet up meet up up ride out there race ride back. It didn't take a bunch of that. But I did work for one year setting up setting up and working the gateway cup crits in st louis it's four days four races in four different parks all across st louis um a little logistics behind and that. yeah for the last 200 meters 200 meters i think uh both sides of the roads are barricaded with steel like fences that you screw in together and so and across like certain parts of the course, there are these barricades because uh, sponsors put their banners on them. Yeah. Um, but then also for safety reasons. Uh, also, depending upon the course, like there's hay bales littered throughout on like poles and different things like that. Um, you don't know tired until you have moved <laughs> like hundreds of steel barricades starting at like four in the morning and then moving them again at night and then you're stupid enough to be like oh they're gonna let me race for free i'm gonna race um that puts on like a whole new (laughs) level of respect into race promoting um and this is like a whole different podcast the statement i'm about to make but there's not a ton of like road races anymore in the u.s because like logistically it is so much work there's a big push for gravel and kind of your self-supported gravel races which i haven't done any um they sound fun but if you like you know blow up and you're like super tired like 50 miles from the finish you either call like a really good friend to come get you or you ride 50 miles to the finish um but the logistics that go behind road racing are are substantial but we we'll still pull on our summer race which doesn't require a ton of work it's um on an open road on an open 11 mile loops and everyone knows to watch out for traffic and everyone's very aware and we have signs and stuff out there but in the next year or two we hope to bring another crit back um so if anyone's listening in two years and wants to help volunteer we will totally take you (laughs) we will totally take you up on that but um but yeah, like cycling has cycling's been a big thing in my life and kind of uh promoting it and getting getting a bunch of people involved is something that I think the community in Springfield at least is really really wants to do. Yeah. And, and like, you know, from my time here in Springfield, maybe 7 years now or so, like I've I've I feel like I've noticed at least from my short time here, that that community is still continuing to grow and different, like trail spring getting bigger and the greenways yeah. and everything like that and people coming more 
I don't know if accepting is the right word or not, but are yeah. more into and it. And there's a there's a huge I mean, I, I mainly do like road stuff. Uh some of the guys I ride with are more into mountain biking than I am, but between trail spring and all the different stuff that's popping up over here like mountain biking is a whole different oh yeah a whole different arm um that's blowing that's blowing up around here and it's cool and it's good for the community i mean um there's definitely a competition between between it and uh us in springfield and bentonville oh yeah uh, yeah oh. bentonville might have the leg up uh <laughs> Uh, being like the number one uh, mountain bike destination like in the world right now but even even I mean but even so like we're two hours from Bentonville which which is crazy um and that's a whole different like cycling community down there we uh we go down there we used to go down there for our team camp and ride and I would get dropped pretty quick because it's crazy hilly and (laughs) being like six feet tall like a hundred and between 85 and 90 pounds I feel like a giant like on a bicycle compared to some of the people that I ride with uh uh because I don't want to climb like a 13 minute climb like I just I just don't want to do it um but that's a whole different that's a whole different community down there and it's it's cool being super close to that um if you want to do that or you know you can ride to two rivers you can go to Sac you can do whatever um it's all it's all very close and uh bicycles like can be expensive however there's still a really in my opinion a low threshold to entry uh you can kind of just go out there and try and do whatever like it's you're gonna you might fall you might get hurt but probably not that bad and if you like it you can go back and do it again and I would say all the bike shops around here are very uh, helpful, very supportive. Um, there is a global bicycle shortage, so keep that in mind. <laughs> uh, but still, like they will, they will all try to hook you up with what you need. Um, and most of them, most of most of the people that work there do it, so they know what's going on. Um, but yeah, it's 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 fun it's still kind of dangerous but it's it's been something i have done consistently for the past like 10 years in between getting hurt while doing it um yeah you learn yeah you learn a lot while doing it and definitely like my body's changed over that time period i realize as you get older like you you have to like you have to lift weights. You have you have to stretch more, or or weird things are gonna hurt. Um, so your your body your body changes and your your mindset with it changes. But like, if you do like like I try to weightlift a lot in the summer uh, to kind of help prevent injury and stuff like that. And that's definitely changed my my physique. Not I mean like I am not a specimen by like any any stretch of the word. But you find like little things kind of help you in the long run and help you prevent injury because at 23, like you don't have to stretch. Like now, now, now you do have, now now. you do have to stretch. (laughs) Um, But it's, it's very interesting and you, you learn a lot about yourself in your body and you kind of become in tune with some things. Um, 
and like the more you exercise like the better you feel about yourself if you have a beer after like so so that's so 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 so, so that helps too uh i wish like sequoia bike park like still existed over there by the park but four by fours over there so that makes up for it yeah anti-timber so like that that makes up for it especially now this time of year but but yeah we um we have fun doing it too but i've like like i kind of hinted on at the beginning of our conversation there's there's when my line of work and kind of with most switch and kind of all our stuff that we look at with inequities um health inequities there's like a really low barrier to entry too of of trying to get healthy and i say that within the context of uh removing uh, removing health disparities in a sense of you know if you want to get healthy it's it is just as easy as you know like taking a walk throughout the day or something like that and those are things that we definitely promote um and encourage people to do but then we did i did realize um and why we started most switch was that there are inequities and disparities that have a much greater uh, threshold that that needs to be addressed by outside organizations. Um, one of those, the big ones, was food insecurity, and then um, I mean, a thing that we've been advocating for uh, that's a really a hot button issue right now was Medicaid expansion. Um, the Medicaid expansion one is totally outside. <laughs> it's outside of my my realm. I can't. Uh, no one can address that right now. But uh, food insecurity was something that we we thought we could help address um, as a group that literally had no money. Um, So we started fundraising and tried to help children in communities that had high high, uh, ratios of children on free and reduced lunch. Mm -hmm. And so we helped provide food in the summer. Um, Last year, I mean, with COVID and everything, I was... and with the uncertainty of everything, I was too afraid to to do the model that we did the year before, which was we worked with food trucks and had like kids eat free night, and we cool just though. we just picked up the bill. Yeah, that was not our original idea. I had to t- I I will uh, not take credit for it. We we actually stole it from a conference. Uh, my partner Alex and I we stole it from a conference we were at. But we saw it, and she looked at me, and she was like, that's a great idea. And I was like, yeah. we are stealing that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but what we did do is we made donations to a bunch of schools uh, so that they could bolster their uh, lunch and then dinner things that they were doing for those children who are on free okay. and reduced lunch. Uh, we'll probably do the same model this year um, since some schools are back in session, some schools are yeah. not. I I don't even know what happened to the food truck that we were working with. I feel bad for businesses that that have definitely suffered during COVID, but we've kind of learned to adapt and and you know, if schools have a good model and a good way to connect with kids, we'll gladly donate donate money to them because we did realize we had we had to put the food truck in a high concentration area, uh meaning uh we needed we needed it to be accessible for children whose parents might be working and they had to walk there or stuff like that. And so there were numerous barriers that we had to address 
and we don't want to step on anyone's toes, but there's other nonprofits out there who are, who are doing the same thing. And if they have more volume, more capacity, or even like the school districts, we will gladly support them because it makes it's, sense just, it's just me and her. It's, it's just me and her. And, um, we are lucky that we, we know people who want to support this effort. So we're at some, at some cases, the medium between the donor and the endpoint. And so yeah. if we can, if we can facilitate that, we'll gladly do it because we, we saw a need and we decided to, to try to jump in and fill it. Um, and we've done other cool things in communities too. Like we did like a helmet giveaway okay. day for cycling. Um, but then we've worked with a lot of rural towns on, on ordinances, um, regarding promoting pedestrian transportation. Um, Springfield's got like a, a silver or a bronze rating and kind of tackling, tackling like that kind of stuff was, was too broad out of our wheelhouse. So we went to smaller surrounding communities, uh, working with like the Missourians for responsible transportation, uh, who's a group outside of Columbia and promoted, you know, complete streets policies, which these ordinances, they can be ordinance or resolutions, depending upon how council wants to vote on them. Um, must take into account all modalities of transportation when planning roads, subdivisions. So like new roads. Yeah, new roads, new roads or road renovations okay. or subdivisions or stuff like that. And that means maybe making enough ways for a bike lane or a sharrow, but also making sure there's sidewalks and yeah. then making sure that sidewalk is ADA compliant. And so we've been working with that group um, on and off for about three years on promoting these things in rural communities because um, rural communities really suffer when really suffer when it's not these things are not considered and then big box stores move in and everything becomes um, highway adjacent. Yeah, and so. Um, Still in these towns, there's a there's a lot of individuals who are living within the interior corridor, who are probably living in poverty, who may be sharing a car, might have one car, and then if they have to walk somewhere, not only are they walking super far because downtown is not revitalized, but also they're walking in unsafe areas because there's no sidewalk and things like that. And so we try to take these things in consideration, and then we try to work with these communities on saying, hey... Focusing on pedestrian transportation might also be able to help revitalize your downtown. Well, yeah, that totally makes sense, that connection. There, yeah, you know? and so um, we've tried to uh, – my job has changed since my time when I worked more directly with, with Alex, uh, my co-founder of MoSwitch, uh, but we're still pretty actively involved in those efforts, just uh, being on different committees across the state um, and kind of – kind of showing the work that we've done and advocated for. And it, it's been pretty successful. I mean, um, I would have never thought that m me, like, randomly learning, or me, not learning, uh, that that sounds bad, <laughs> but starting starting to uh, cycle would then kind of build upon... Snowball. To yeah, that. snowball into learning, learning more about, um, I mean... Legislation, it's not really legislation, but local legislation on uh, road ordinances, resolutions, and how promoting pedestrian transportation in any medium 
not only promotes health uh, in a physical sense, but in some cases and in some communities in an economic sense, uh, yeah. um, which is pretty cool. Uh, there's a lot of great, uh, there's a lot of cool towns in Missouri. More of them are up north that have taken uh, these steps. Columbia is a Columbia is a college town for sure. Um, however, they have a very active um, advocacy group in promoting safe modalities of transportation in their town. Um, Bentonville is another one. Uh, uh, they are an outlier, I would say, because they have almost unlimited uh, <laughs> unlimited funding. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there, but there, are, but there are another one that has and. That is a different case study for how outdoor recreation can almost change your city's economy. Yeah, that, that's um, and that's that's a whole that's a whole different conversation. That's a whole different podcast. Maybe maybe for a different audience. <laughs> but but I mean that I I had a conversation with a group down there. Um, that is really trying to to piggyback off of off of the momentum that they have and saying like it doesn't just have to be our community your community could do the same thing in a in a similar capacity but maybe not at the level that we're yeah. doing it um your community you know your city engineer your city planner can learn from what we did and it might benefit your community in regards to to increasing housing or something like that. Um, because no one thinks about, you know, sidewalks in front of homes and things like that. No, like yeah. that that not only helps your community, but it betters your home. But a builder does not want to put in the money that it so, costs to, yeah. to build a sidewalk. Um and so there's a lot of these different there's I will say Missouri is super cool in that there's a lot of different groups that are advocating for these things. Um, not a lot of people hear about them, but they're they're out there and they're doing they're doing the the work um, really starting in in rural communities because a little bit goes a long well, way yeah, there. Sense. Yeah, kind of a little bit. Yeah, yeah, effect, you know? yeah. The rule effect and a little bit goes a long way there. And you can kind of, if it spreads out, you know, in Rogersville, for example, Rogersville was a group that um, that was working with the Missourians for responsible transportation, and there was a, a lot of cool ideas. Uh, but Rogersville has a very small interior corridor, yeah. and it's it's kind of a hard example whenever everyone's so far out. Yeah. But maybe if there was more sidewalks or a bigger downtown or something like that, that could be connected. Yeah, that's a good example. Um, but, but yeah, it's a uh, it's been an interesting journey. Uh, I I know you asked me before we started if I had any tips or advice for anyone. I I feel like I've really like fallen into like a lot of I I just spit on your microphone. I'm sorry. As I was laughing right there, I feel like I have fallen into a lot of these situations and. Um, and kind of uh, things that I've been a part of, I have learned kind of over the years, maybe more so in the past like three years, and it's at times maybe shot me in the foot, um, 
but it's gotten me connected and gotten me a lot of experience in things that I I never really thought I would be is I I say yes to like <laughs> I, say, yes, man. I I say yes probably way too much like I'll get an email and someone's like would you want to do this would you want to serve on this committee would you want to do this and I'm always just like yeah sure like I don't <laughs> I don't know if I'm qualified um, <laughs> if you think so yeah I don't know if I'm qualified <laughs> to do it because right now like I'm on I'm on the board for the Missouri Council of activity and nutrition i'm on the board for tobacco free missouri i'm on the board for the geek foundation which is in missouri i'm on a community foundation of the ozarks board i'm on a uh, two crisis intervention councils that's for work that's like for my day job um so i kind of do know what i'm doing there um so i'm on like seven boards and i will say like I, I've just noticed how consciously how much I have said like during this podcast, and I have been trying really hard for the fast last ten minutes not to say it, um, but it is uh, obviously a filler word. Uh, but I just say I say yes a lot, and while none of those things that I'm involved with, like outside of cycling and things like that, I have made connections with individuals through cycling that takes you somewhere else that takes me somewhere else or i have made connections or i've been put in a place you know to maybe make an influence um through someone that i met through cycling but it's all kind of interwoven um and it's and it's 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 pretty cool i and I have made actually like friends in cycling who have helped me in work and I've worked with people that I've, you know, ridden bikes with or it's at least a connection or I've met someone who knows someone who does something or rides bikes with someone in another city. And so um, I, I am a yes man. However, with my child on the way, I might have to become a no man. <laughs> um, but but it but it's it's um I I was kind of thinking about this as we were talking. Like, do I have advice or or anything? Um, I don't know. I I I I might I might just be not smart enough to like say no or to like give up, <laughs> give up at times um, on certain things. But I think if you kind of step outside of your comfort zone, because like I, like I said, I was never an athlete. I played like JV golf. Like I went to like one golf tournament as a senior uh, just because I could drive like super far. But I could not do like I could not do anything else on the golf course. Um, and like I got that driver because like my dad joined a country club so like my sister could swim. And <laughs> Then I was like, oh, I'll play golf. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, I think I'll, I think I'll be good at this. Uh, I was not. Um, but, and then whenever I started riding bikes and stuff, that was something that was completely outside of my wheelhouse. And I, I, I might be too uh, hard-headed I, to not have quit, maybe when I should have. <laughs> but kind of stepping outside of your comfort zone and it doesn't just have to be like 
with athletics or or you know sports or being or, or anything or even you know like if you want to like step out of your comfort zone and try new foods or something like that i mean it can be anything but it it does it does give you the opportunity to to meet new people to do cool things and and maybe broaden broaden not only like your 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 physical health or anything but i mean maybe even maybe even like your work like you it's broaden your opportunity anywhere because it it connects you with new people you knew you learn new things and then you learn new things about yourself which i think is the most important um and i can say that when it comes to I've stepped I've I've stepped outside of my comfort zone with a lot of things. Uh, full disclosure, like the career that I have, I did not apply for the job. <laughs> my wife did my job application. <laughs> um, so that was a, a big step outside of my comfort zone. Um, and so yeah, I think if you have that, and if you have um, you know someone who's supportive, my wife is super supportive of all of the uh random things that i do she might not seem it but i i think she is (laughs) um but it's my but i mean like she's made friends through through all the stuff that i've done too and um yeah i don't know if that answers your question at all but i but i think if you if people if if people are more and i don't want to use the phrase open minded i i feel like that gets uh played too much but if you just step outside of your comfort zone and realize that if you're doing something to better yourself then it's totally worth it yeah. um because it took a lot of trial and error <laughs> uh for me to like find something that I have openly admitted I am not super great at, but that I enjoy and that is good for me um, on multiple levels. Um, uh, Cause like you said, like you like to like skate, you like yeah, BMX yeah, and yeah. like skate and stuff. And I was like the worst skateboarder ever. <laughs> I hurt myself so much. And I had a BMX bike that I like forgot the handlebars, like went all the way around. Uh, which might have been funny for some people. For me, it was not funny. Um, but yeah, it took like trial and error. It took like twenty years for me to find something that I that I liked, was passionate about, um, and and finally when I found it, I mean, you're able to integrate your passion in into your life, yeah. uh, which is which is good for you not only physically but kind of like I hinted on at the beginning of the podcast, mentally. You're you kind of need you find yourself kind of needing that, uh, release, um, either that release or a health, a healthy means of obsession, I guess, I guess you could say, uh, because that kind of what, what stuff boils down to once you find that thing, I mean, like you, you kind of become obsessed about it, which is, which is fine as long as it's a a healthy healthy thing. thing, Yeah. 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 And and you get the relationships along with it and the different opportunities and then, that one passion it sounds especially in your case turned into other different passions but they all related at that center thing you know yeah it totally did um it totally did i wish my i wish my day my day job 
had more of a connection with it now, uh, but we all don't get to pick and choose what we want. But luckily, I m- well, my office is now in my house now, so that's yeah. I, I'm, I'm I'm a quick uh, <laughs> I'm a quick clothes change from being able to go exercise. But when I do maybe go back to the office, I'm a quick like seven minute drive. But no, I um I I hope definitely in the future and when I finish school that. Uh, I can integrate it more more into my into my career because it's it's something I'm I'm super passionate about and something that uh, helps me and uh, we just got my nephew uh, his first bike. Well, there you go. Uh, a little Strider. He's uh, he's like two two and five months and he loves it um, until he sees like a truck or sees like. Uh, a fire truck or something like that. Yep. Then he doesn't really care, <laughs> which I've, which I've, it's funny. It's super funny and it's super cool watching him like learn how to balance on a little strider yeah. and stuff like that. And then like a truck comes by and he throws it down and he doesn't care. Um, you get the attention while it's there. Right? Yeah. As long as or can. like the other day I noticed like a, even like a racquetball, like I was just bouncing <laughs> a racquetball and he didn't care, uh, which is, fu- which is hilarious in my mind. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, uh, I, I appreciate you asking me these questions. I have not, and I feel like I have talked like the whole time, so I apologize. Um, well, it, it makes me feel better. <laughs> You're kind of going through everything I was going to ask yeah, you anyway, yeah, so it's kind of working out. I, I've never, I've never, <laughs> I've never like sat down and actually thought about like like everything. Uh, uh, like and how it kind of like homogenizes into one thing. Yeah, so see? I I hope the listeners do not uh, turn it off with like my my rambling of just conscious thought. Uh, <laughs> but I've never I've never actually sat down and kind of kind of thought about how everything ties together. So this was cool for me too. Like this this was like this was like a, a reflection almost of uh, of see? my life of like the past ten years. The first, the first twenty years weren't super exciting, um, <laughs> but it, it, it's it's been cool to kind of sit down and think think about it and think how everything uh, works works together. Um, I hope uh, I, I I hope your listeners and I hope uh, I hope some people kind of have that same experience too uh, with stuff that they're passionate yeah. about. It's well, it's fun when you, and when you sit back and think about it, you can kind of see where things tie together when you might not always think about that way yeah and it's kind of cool to for you like you said just kind of share your story and see how it went full circle and kind of where you're at today and yeah everything so yeah it's uh i I, it's it's been a journey and uh yeah i hope your listeners and i hope people who are who are passionate kind of about the same things like you and i are um you know try to try to spread the word and tell tell other people like your your passion doesn't have to be like in its own silo by itself while the rest no. of your life yeah. while the rest of your life is is uh is going on we 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 kind of find ourselves i think at times car- compartmentalizing things into different boxes and it's uh it, it your life becomes a lot more fulfilled i think if if everything ties together yeah um so I definitely agree. So, so with that point, where where can people um, 
find find you online and, and yeah. find out, you know, uh, most Switch and kind of get yeah. so follow I, all the inspiration that's going on. Yeah, so I have I have a Twitter account, my personal Twitter account, which you can follow for uh, your daily dose of Seinfeld jokes uh, <laughs> mixed in with random banter. Uh, I, I'm at Sean M. Hayden, S H A W N M H A Y D E N. My Instagram account, which I is mainly my dogs. Um, some bike rela- some bike related stuff and uh, watches we did not even that's a whole nother thing that I'm passionate <laughs> about uh, which is super boring to most people um, as well as my wife uh, she does not understand my watch passion uh, or my love of tattoos and Japanese art those are also found on my Instagram. Um, and that is Sean M. Hayden also, but after Hayden, it's there's an underscore because someone else had Sean Imposter. M. Hayden. Um, you can also find my personal website is seanmhayden.com, and then you can go to moswitch.net, uh, I believe, because someone had moswitch.org. So moswitch.net or seanmhayden.com, and those are my social media accounts. Um, I have a Facebook account, but I never get on it, so please don't try to find me on there. Um, but yeah, those those are the places people can find me. Um, our our mutual connection, Sonia uh, Serge, who has a nonprofit called Sand Sisters. Oh, that was not a mute. I had to look up my social media accounts to make sure I told people the right name. She also had me create a TikTok. Uh, you can find me on there at Sean M Hayden. However, you'll be greatly disappointed. Because I have never used it, because I don't actually know how well, to use to it or, or what or <laughs> what I am doing on it. Um, so you can follow me on there, but you will not see anything um, cool at all. Not yet. Uh, not not yet, and not until I figure out how to use TikTok, which might be sometime because I ne- I never get on it. Um, but I have it on my phone, uh, uh, along with like a million other apps that I don't use. But yeah, Sean M. Hayden are all my socials. Um, follow me on Twitter and uh, Instagram. I, I'm i trying to post more often, uh, but I, I'm, I take a bunch of pictures on my phone, but I never post them anywhere. Uh, so I guess I need to become more active on that. But yeah, MoSwitch.com is where you can find out everything that's going on with MoSwitch. Uh, whenever life... We can see the end of the tunnel, obviously, with COVID and everything. But whenever life gets uh, back to normal and um, we, we feel safe operating, we will definitely post activities that we have going on. Uh, we try to always do something for kids in the summer, uh, either between summer feeding or like helping sponsor kids to go to a summer camp at like the YMCA. Um, but we just need to make sure that everything's uh, everything's good before then. And yeah. That most which or Sean M Hayden will link you to all of all of our respected social media accounts. So, and I'll definitely have to post this on there. Uh, this being my first podcast, <laughs> uh, I might not want to listen to it since I have spoke now for like an hour and fifteen minutes straight and said like and um about a million times. Um, 
but no, this this was super cool, and I, I hope everyone does check out our our socials, and I'll be sure to post a link um, to our Ozarks premiere um, cycling team on there so people can also follow that Facebook page and kind of see what we're up to. And if people are around here, I mean, people know people kind of know where to find a lot of the group rides, but we'll try to post some more stuff on there if people people want to get out and, and meet some of us, so... It's be cool. Well, everyone, definitely check them out. Uh, personally, the cycling, and then also the uh, the most switch. Um, but Sean, thank you again for being on today's podcast and telling the story and kind of wrapping it all together or ra- unwrapping, I guess I should say. Uh, but yeah, thank you. It was a blast, and wish you the best of luck. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And hey, if you made it this far and like what you've heard, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about life emotion. Until next time.